a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. I'm your host, Fred Riley. Hey, as always, thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. So today we're going to talk about name-calling, and we're going to talk about name-calling in, in perspective or in relationship, rather, to uh, significant others. You know, um, a lot of name-calling uh, exists out there, and and uh, maybe in an argument or a fight or a dispute with somebody out on the street or whatever, um, you know, those are words that are, you know, name-calling is kind of, they're power words, right? They're words that we use to help people understand that uh, we're not really a fan of theirs in certain terms or uh, to tell them to get away or to let them know that we kind of want to hurt them. Or, as I see it, uh, when we name-call, often what we're saying is that uh, we've been hurt ourselves and so we're going to hurt back. So anyways, uh, name-calling in general isn't very... Uh, it's not nice, right? And it's it's uh, it's pretty hurtful. But I wanted to speak more specifically today about name calling and relationship uh, first to a significant other in terms of uh, someone you're dating or a partner or a spouse, and uh, then we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, from parents name calling their children, and and uh, unfortunately that uh, that happens quite often. So we'll talk about that as well. So the idea of, uh, you know, with your partner, with your spouse, you know, this is a relationship that uh, is built upon trust, hopefully, and, um, and uh, you know, love and all those different things, right, or come together to build that. And by the time we are married or in relationship with somebody significantly, uh, there's been a knowledge base that uh, has been created. And in that knowledge base, there's been a certain amount of um, implied safety. And so the idea is by the time you're with somebody, in most cases, you feel generally, you feel pretty safe. You feel like they're going to uh, support you, respect you, that maybe they might say something mean, but they're, you know, it's comical or what have you, or you know that they're going to be apologetic at some point. And so by the time that uh, the commitment level of these relationships goes up, uh, we become very vulnerable. Um, shouldn't be vulnerable, but in a way we are kind of vulnerable because what we're saying is I'm going to spend my time with you. I'm going to spend my efforts financially with and for you, um, intellectual time, physical time, sexual time, all those types of things. Uh, when when we up that level of commitment, there's a certain risk. We, we kind of cross this threshold. And whether it's said or not, at some point, uh, there's kind of this unsaid commitment, if you will, that uh, we're going to be reasonably respectful. We're going to lose patience, but we're going to we're going to make it work. Well, name calling um, is one of those things that comes into a relationship that can be very damaging because of that vulnerability. Because someone has taken risk um, to make you their significant other, and so the idea is you can use these uh, names. And uh, it doesn't really matter how you use the names or what you meant by using the names. What matters is what uh, the individual feels from those names. So oftentimes we might call a partner, a spouse, a certain name, 
and recognizing that we've hurt them, we apologize and say, I'm just kidding. And the idea is at that point, it doesn't matter, right? Um, If you've been called a name by anybody and then they say, just kidding, in your mind, at the very least, you say, yeah, but you're really not just kidding. And the idea is, okay, there's a specific message that comes and you're kidding yourself if you think you can undo that right away uh, with your partner. Why? Because they've, again, put that trust in you to be there to support them and to see them in a good light. By the time you're using that language, you're telling this person that they're really bothering you, that they're really in your way, that their presence, their thoughts, their ideas, whatever context that's in, you're telling them what used to be okay, what used to be good enough for us, what I used to value, I no longer value. So the idea is people think, well, I yeah, I called her or him that, but they were acting that way. And it's it's on the surface it looks like, you know what, it's it's inconsequential or whatever. But what's downloaded, whether you know it or not, is this individual now downloads this new language that you have towards them in comparison to all the knowledge base of uh, going through the dating process and so forth. And so the idea is, okay, part of this is, well, if he or she says this to me um, and uh, where they wouldn't otherwise have said it, then what else might they do or say that they otherwise haven't in the past? So we open up a lot of issues in terms of, okay, if I can't trust them to treat me uh, kindly and you call me appropriate things, then what else can I not trust? And um, later you might want to, you're asking your partner, your spouse, whoever, uh, you're wondering why they don't uh, believe that you respect them. And in their mind, what what's happened is by calling them a name, you've kind of hit a few areas like respect, commitment, patience, all these things that they've learned to trust and maybe even rely on are put into question. And so the idea is, yes, definitely we uh, say things that we don't mean to and that we want to take back. And we'll talk about a a way to do that in just a few minutes. But the idea is that uh, because we're angry or because we're upset, it doesn't give us uh, permission. It doesn't give us the the go-ahead to use that language. And uh, part of the thing to think about is when you or somebody talks to you that way, um, that even if they say they're okay, that's going to take a while to heal. And oftentimes when I'm working with people, they'll say, well, uh, my partner's called me this a year ago. And the partner gets upset because they said, are, you know, they say, are you going to hold on to that forever? And I say, I interrupt and I usually say, well, yeah, um, you know, that's a pretty big stinger. And, uh, you know, what else is there going to, what else might happen in terms of surprises? I felt like you really loved, adored, cared for me, but I found out in a very emotional way that uh, the word you called me means I'm in the way, I'm a burden, I'm annoying, um, I'm lazy, what have you, and I don't want to catch that message from you again. And so it is hard to heal that wound. In the moment, it feels like it's, it's fleeting, it feels like you're just trying to get a point across, but the reality is, is you're putting yourself in a position where your partner is going to question uh, a lot of things about you. Now, I work with plenty of people that uh, call each other names all the time. And the idea is they feel like that's their norm. Uh, but when I separate them and talk to them, what they acknowledge is that uh, they really do feel hurt by what's being said. And so they say they call names back, right? 
they on the surface they kind of argue that that's just what they do they expect each other they know they're just kidding but the reality is is it's retaliation um the idea is that hey if i'm going to be called something i need to be prepared to call them something back okay so pretty big uh powerful deflator in terms of all the work that comes together um the dating knowledge experience um earning trust all those different things um you can call somebody uh a specific name obviously not a very healthy name and uh it can kind of rip through the the uh the established norms the established sense of uh reliance and so forth and that bleeds over into other areas of intimacy um i i've got uh, uh i've had a few guys for example that uh they'll they'll re- they've referred to their wife in anger in a certain way and then in the same discussion they'll talk about how they're frustrated because their spouse isn't or their partner's not having sex with them and uh they're having trouble they don't understand uh how uh the way they talk and treat the person um how that correlates with intellectual physical um spiritual uh sexual um intimacy and the reality is is that uh if if you're calling your partner names and they're going to have that sexual intimacy with you then what they're doing is they're reinforcing that it's okay to to mean them to judge them to hurt them and so that's another aspect of this thing is that uh you might be upset you might have the right to be upset you might be joking but the idea is um it better be a pretty significant issue because that kind of breaks through breaks down causes a partner to question what else you think about them question intimacy make intimacy uh, issues regarding to intimacy as well so that on the um couple end of things uh th- there really is no such thing as uh just kidding there's really no such thing as um as a comfort with each other and calling each other names we're just not built that way uh this is a the couple relationship is one where we have whether said or unsaid we have this known um perspective that of all places that i could be in this world this is the safest place and so it's really it's really damaging to make that space that place with your partner or spouse unsafe too it's supposed to be the safest place that they can be and and if they can't find comfort and and solace in being with you without you calling them names and so forth um you've you've kind of breached this uh unsaid promise to uh have a safe comfortable uh place for them to return to and so that's going to hit pretty hard so that's the couples end of things in a minute we're going to talk a little bit more about parent to child and and how that language can affect uh children and uh their development but also their relationships with their parents Welcome back to Counseling on Demand. I'm your host, Fred Riley. Uh, Thank you once again for tuning in to today's podcast. So today we're talking about name-calling. And name-calling, a lot of times people, as you think about that, they they kind of parse or what we call split hairs. uh, What they do is they say, okay, um, you know, a word that is typically negative that could be seen as name-calling, they'll split that hair and they'll say, I don't really mean that you're that. I was just saying you're acting like that. And sometimes you can make that distinction, 
But the idea is if you're splitting that hair, then what that says to me and what it says to you, what it says to your partner is that there's not ownership of that uh, language that you've used. And uh, it's hard to take ownership of that language. But the idea is, you know, if you said it, it it's it's uh, going to be taken, like I mentioned on the first half of this episode. Um, it's not for you to decide how that partner uh, takes that name calling. Often you may find yourself or your partner saying that, uh, that that's not what you meant, that you're over overreacting, over-responding, and you need to know how to take a joke. Well, when you hurt somebody, whether you know it or not, um, it's not for you to decide whether you hurt them or made them feel uncomfortable, whether it's name-calling or anything like that. That's strictly up to them. Now, you may not agree with it. You might feel like they're being sensitive or what have you, but that just reaffirms to them that you're okay with calling them names, and then also you're okay with judging their response to how, the fact that you call them names. So, you know, if they're hurt, you got to stop, and you got to say, you know, I can see how that hurts you, and it may not be in the moment right away. Okay, but the idea is it's not for you to decide, it's not for your spouse or partner to decide the appropriateness of, uh, you know, the extent to which it affects you. So now moving on to parents and the way that they talk to their children. And I tell you what, this, I actually don't like this topic. This is a pretty tough one for me because uh, children are really subject to their parents. And they're not in a place where they can differentiate. Uh, they're very literal, especially the younger they are. And so uh, let's look at the way a child thinks for just a second. Early on, very early on, uh, the language of a child, if we can tap into their head, they are looking at themselves uh, kind of like an object. And so if uh, if you smile a lot at your child, then they're going to have a language similar to this where they say in their mind, I am for uh, making people smile, or I am for being funny. Okay, so the idea is they're trying to figure out their role. They're trying to figure out their impact on this world. Now, the reality is, is they really feel like the world is wrapped around them. They really feel like if someone yells, they feel like they caused that, especially earlier on. So imagine calling a child a name, uh, showing that child how upset you are, they're not going to know that you're upset. They're not going to know that you had a bad day at work. Their download will directly be, I am for upsetting dad, or I am for being ignored. And so we don't remember that. These types of thoughts are a way of thinking hopefully we've grown out of. Sometimes we haven't. But the idea is we're not just ch- calling our uh, a child a name. Uh, we're telling them who they are. Okay, And so they'll say, not only am I for being yelled at, I am whatever that word is. Because a lot of times they don't understand that word, but they understand the idea of the word. And so, you know, uh, like I talked about with partnership, we can say, I'm sorry, I was just kidding, I didn't mean to do that. But children, being very literal, they don't understand kidding. As a matter of fact, if they don't take your approach to them uh, for at face value, then it's a very critical part of attachment that that gets hit there. So they're, they're, they can't afford to say, oh my goodness, you know, my dad or my mom or brother, they were just kidding. Um, that The attachment process requires that uh, they don't oppose you, that they believe what you say so that they can be, it's called heteronomy, so they can be 
um, in a good attachment, a good place with you. And so they're they're not they're not able to deduce that you're just joking or what have you. They're not able to deduce that you've had a bad day or that you're drunk or whatever it might be. And uh, they're not built to think outside of this into this abstract zone until they're a little bit older. Um, name calling is uh, it's terrible. It's it's extremely effective. I'm working with a young man right now. He's uh, about seven years old, and. Uh, I've had several sessions with him, and uh, he uh, honestly just looks very defeated. And uh, that's a result largely to a couple things. One is bullies, and we're in an era where we talk a lot about bullies. But uh, one of the bullies is his dad, and one of the bullies is, is a brother. And so, you know, when people tell him that, that uh, dad or brother are wrong for calling him names— then that doesn't really help him. He says, dad calls me this for a reason, or my brother calls. Again, he really believes it. Another thing to keep in mind is imagine being that boy, and when somebody calls him a name, one of the things we do is we look at the way that that name is delivered. And so when someone calls a child or a partner a name, and there's that emotion behind it, that emotion says, I'm not kidding, you need to, I really think that you're this, or you're really annoying, or you bother me. So going back to this young kid, um, I can't remember how many times we've met, but we're just barely getting to a place where he's given me eye contact. And uh, he used to be in a place where he would uh, keep his hands in his face, or uh, his face in his hands, I guess, um, just, to, just to, like he's not ready to take in whatever I might call him or what I might say about him. And so he's just barely in a place where he is willing to take in some external stimuli visually. Uh, I ask him to look at me, and, and that's a very big task for him. What we have been able to establish is that he's having trouble deciding how the things that people say about him, the things that mom, dad, or brother call him, how why that wouldn't be true. Again, that mindset is it has to be true because they're saying it. So when you think about the way you talk to your kids, when you think about the way maybe a partner talks to the kids, you know, especially, I guess, if you're if you're uh, approaching your spouse or partner about the way they talk to their kids, you know, they're, they're going to be really defensive. Why? Well, because there's going to be some level of acknowledgement that, hey, you know what, I am hurting my child. And nobody likes to be told how to parent. Nobody likes to be uh, really told what they already know. But the idea is, I think, when it comes to name calling and so forth, whether it's you that's having the issue or a partner or uh, one of the your like your oldest uh, son or daughter, I, I think that's a place where you can risk upsetting them uh, rather than staying quiet. Why? Well, when you stay quiet, you don't call them out on name calling and, and uh, hurting these children. Then what a child sees is that if mom or dad or brother is not saying anything when I get hurt, then they support it. Okay, so if you're being, if your spouse is yelling at uh, your child, or if uh, you're yelling at her child, or whatever, okay, they're going to feel through that emotional drive that, and that belief pattern that they're in, that you are for being yelled at. That's your job, and that you mean it. And if if it's not contested by somebody else, then you're, if you don't contest it, for example, then what you're saying is, I'm supporting what your dad is saying. I'm supporting what your brother's saying. Now, we don't think that way, but I really need to encourage you to be mindful of that. Uh, Staying quiet might keep things quiet for a little bit, but this young man that I visit with, 
um, I think that he'd be in a different place if if he could see a little bit more uh, contesting from other people. So if if my dad or my brother feel this way about me, then other people must feel this way about me too. So as a parent, as a provider, maybe you care for, uh, maybe your aunt, uncle, you got cousins, whatever. Um, be aware, be alert, and be mindful that hey, you know, there's no such thing as just name calling, and especially on the child end of things, it's going to be really downloaded and and taken as fact. So as a partner, as a spouse, name calling, you're we're violating this trust, we're violating this sense of safety, and as a parent. We're really influencing a child's concept of self that they aren't able to challenge in a way that we feel like they possibly could. So that's that's uh, some things to keep in mind. Is is uh, name calling isn't just name calling. It's really loaded. There's a lot of things, that, a lot of damage that can be done. So take a look at it. Work on it. Talk to somebody about how to temper some of those angry moments to to help out. I am Fred Riley. Hey, thank you for listening to today's podcast. And uh, please tune in uh, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for uh, this podcast and future podcasts.